G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we're all recovering from the dreadful shock of what happened in that gay nightclub in Orlando in the United States last weekend, it is a point where you might ask some of the more difficult questions that up till this time perhaps have been best avoided because the focus has been on compassion for those who've lost their lives. And while we always regret the loss of life as Christian believers, uh, there might be some other underlying issues that need to be addressed at some point. Let's take an opportunity to discuss today some of the ways that the major world religions have looked at homosexuality and in light of what happened last weekend, perhaps an important conversation to have, Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch joining us. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Bill, it was certainly a shock last weekend, uh, the biggest shooting massacre in the history in the United States, uh, a dreadful event, and uh, churches rallied to the support of the entire community there, and especially churches rallying to support the homosexual community in Orlando. Uh, what have you been reflecting on with regard to the way that the world religions think about this issue of homosexuality? Yes, it's a good question. Um, obviously, not only uh, those opposed to Christianity, but many uh, uh, not real strong thinkers within the Christian tradition have been getting a lot of wrong uh, answers on all this. Uh, in fact, we've heard it from day one. As soon as the shooting happened, we actually had people trying to somehow blame this on Christianity or conservatives or Republicans, uh, never mind that it was a, a full-blown, devout Muslim who... Uh, even told the FBI before it happened uh, this was an IS attack. It comes out now that he was actual, seems a homosexual himself, according to his wife, his friends, and those at the nightclub. So, uh, you know, we know who did it, and yet the blame game, incredibly, from everyone on down, even Obama and all the others, are trying to pin it on, uh, you know, for some reason it's Christianity's fault. I've even heard some Christian leaders try to put the blame on ourselves. Well, sorry, it was a Muslim acting according to his faith who did it. So if you want to look at how each of the main religions look at the issue of homosexuality, well, that's a good discussion to have. But certainly in this case, uh, the guy who did it was not a Christian. He was not a conservative. He was not a Republican. In fact, he was a registered Democrat. So we need to get that straight from the outset. Well, there are certainly important aspects to look at, and I guess if you do that in a comparative way, you can ascertain where Christians might fit on the spectrum of how Christians respond and have historically responded to the issue of homosexuality over many centuries. Mm -hmm. When you think of the major world religions, well, uh, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity, how, do, uh, how does it all fit on the spectrum? 
Well, those are good questions to be asking. In fact, I've written four articles now on the tragic Orlando shootings, and my most recent was on this very matter. The three main monotheistic religions all, of course, do look at homosexuality as a sin. That much is clear. In fact, all the world religions pretty much always have. So in that sense, they're all one. But when we look further as to how we deal with homosexuality, we do find a big difference between Christianity and, say, Islam. Islam always has called for the death penalty for homosexuals. Uh, you get it in the Quran, you get it in the Hadith, you get it in the Sira, and we have scholars, Islamic scholars, even today. In fact, we just had one given the boot as we speak, uh, a visiting Muslim scholar up in uh, Sydney, who has said exactly that, homosexuals should be killed, according to Islam. So this is a long-standing tradition within Islam. Christianity, of course, does not say kill Muslims it says, or kill homosexuals. It says we pray for them, we love them, we seek to win them to Christ, we seek for their healing and their wholeness, but we have no command anywhere, of course, in the New Testament to put homosexuals to death, so that in itself is a pretty major difference. Bill, when we think of the Islamic teaching on homosexuality, there is not uh, just one or two, but many, many references in both the Quran and the other holy book called the Hadith, uh, which call for that death penalty. That's exactly right. It's, um, as I say, it's consistent, it's thorough, it's uh, integrated in Islam. It's not an aberration, it's not uh, excessive or... Uh, aberrant to the faith that is integral to it. Uh, There's no getting around it. So as I say, even today you have Muslim scholars saying this is part and parcel of the Islamic faith, and we can't get around from it. So um, that's uh, Islam. Now, of course, some will want to point out, yeah, but doesn't uh, the Old Testament say the same thing? Well, we need to be a bit more careful here. Uh, it is true in Leviticus that there are various uh, crimes for ancient Israel that are uh, punishable by death, probably over 20, in fact, capital crimes. But uh, as most Christians today argue, and rightly so, those civil laws that applied to ancient Israel are not uh, readily and directly carried over into modern secular nations today. We believe the moral law... Things like the Ten Commandments obviously still carry through for the believer, but certainly not the ceremonial law with the sacrifices and offerings, and likely not the civil law as well. So for those who want to try and tar and feather the Christian by pointing to uh, something like Leviticus 18, well, that's how we would answer them. That was a code given to ancient Israel. Uh, 21st century Australia is not ancient Israel. So uh, the Christian follows Christ in this. We uh, pray to love our enemies, forgive those who harm us, and pray that everyone, all sinners, and that includes homosexuals, come to find healing and deliverance and freedom in Christ. Bill, nevertheless, it is confronting, isn't it? Uh, Even though you can separate those civil laws 
from the moral law and say the moral law carries over into the New Testament, but there are those laws that are there in the Bible and that for those people who open up the Old Testament and have a look at that scripture there in Leviticus and it says that that a homosexual should receive the death penalty, those are confronting things that it, it does take a little extra thinking to be able to get the context of, of how all of that fits together with our Christian faith. Yes, exactly. This whole broad issue of how the Old Testament law, uh, how we as Christians today understand it, how much is applicable, how much carries through, uh, that is a massive discussion for anyone who's been following it. An entire library of books has been written, and there's still debate amongst Christians as to how we understand. But as I say, a fairly common approach by probably most Christian scholars on this is this threefold understanding of the law. The moral law, again, things like the Ten Commandments certainly are binding, they're uh, eternal, absolute, you know, killing people is always wrong, lying, theft, that's always wrong. However, the other two parts of the Mosaic law, the ceremonial, that's obviously done away with because there's no more temple, there's no more sacrifices, and Christ is our final perfect sacrifice. So obviously that has come to an end. So that leaves the third part, the various civil laws which were given to ancient Israel, and whether or not that is directly applied today. Uh, Most nations have uh, their own laws and their own penalties on all these different matters, and that's usually decided today by either democratic vote and so on, at least in the free nations. So... uh, You know, most Christians today argue that while we still have the same author of the Old and the New Testament, the same God, and the same holy God who does find things like this abhorrent, uh, the actual civil penalties for these things, that's something that there is some room to move with uh, in New Testament times. And somewhat illustrated too, Bill, given that adultery between heterosexual Mm. adults it was also uh, to be met with the death penalty. So to see that homosexuality might have been a part of that uh, law in the Old Testament isn't unusual, but certainly the way we deal with it now very different uh, mm. to what we might see in perhaps Islam. Yes, well, that's quite right. Uh, again, there's a number of capital crimes in the Old Testament. They do reflect our holy God and how seriously he takes things like sexual sin. So adultery is a heinous crime in the holy God's eyes, as is homosexuality. But as you say, how we uh, deal with this in terms of civil law and civil punishment, uh, that can be a different matter today. But in Islam, again, 1,400 years, a tradition that's never changed, never varied. Uh, It's punishable by death. It was 1,400 years ago. It still is. And as I just said, we even have a, a leading scholar. Just, In fact, he's just been given the boot out of Australia. Once it was pointed out, he was saying this. Uh, so they're still saying this very thing today. So that makes a big difference between Islam, at least on this issue, and uh, New Testament Christianity. So as we find ourselves thinking through the issue carefully and biblically, Bill, and we recognize that Christians are enjoined to pray for 
healing and salvation for all people, and that includes homosexuals. That's not the same as what other religions might look at this whole issue as a foundation for, but Christianity does stand apart according to this love, according to this grace. Yeah, it is a hallmark of Christianity, and it's, again, 100% opposite to things like what we find in Islam. Uh, Muhammad made it quite clear. Uh, The Quran and Hadith make it clear. You kill your enemies. You kill the infidels. You kill the unbeliever. Uh, You're not making friends with them. They're your enemies. And uh, if you kill them, you get a ticket to paradise. Uh, That stands in obvious marked contrast to what Jesus said about loving your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Uh, It really couldn't be any further difference between Christianity and Islam when it comes to loving your enemies as opposed to killing them wherever you find them. So uh, I know the enemies of Christianity want to try to paint us all with the same brush and make us all look the same, but anybody who's actually studied uh, Islam and Christianity knows there's some pretty big differences indeed. Well, Bill, good getting your insights as always. I'll point people to your Culture Watch blog site uh, where people can read the article that we've been talking about, Homosexuality, Islam and Christianity. And uh, you're writing a number of blogs about that issue and it will be an ongoing issue to be discussed. Uh, It was a dreadful event last weekend in Orlando and uh, I know, like you, uh, the sentiments are to all of those who've been affected and those who've lost loved ones in a dreadful massacre. And Bill Muhlenberg, thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.